Welcome to the Bad Decisions Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. There's going to be a lot of uh, grown folks language throughout this podcast, so just take caution if you're listening from here out. Welcome to Season 2 of the Bad Decisions Podcast. I am your host, Katie Duke. This is the podcast where we talk about all the real, raw, unfiltered shit that is going on in your heads or the heads of everybody else that they wish other people talked about. You know, that taboo stuff, that real life stuff. You're only going to get it here. Let's talk about some bad decisions. So I have been in Los Angeles for 10 days now, um, and I know I have said this like a million times, but like... My shit is not here <laughs> and my car is not here and I have been living out of a suitcase for what feels like a long time, literally 10 days, like to be living out of a suitcase and I'm not on fucking vacation. Like that feels very annoying. And I am a nester. I am a person who like, when I go on vacation, like I unpack my suitcase and hang my shit in the closet. Like who the fuck does that? I'm that kind of person. Dang. And um, so like me going in this beautiful apartment, but like having absolutely nothing in there, but like a few suitcases and my hangers and um, a few pieces of rental furniture. I'm like so fucking uneasy and I'm so unsettled. Unsettled is like a good way to put it. Uh Um, and I just feel like I can't even like at this point, I'm just like, take me back to New York city because I'm like missing the East coast and I'm like missing New York city. But I think what that is, is just feeling so fucking unsettled. And also like my car isn't even here yet, by the way, I have to pay $2,500 to ship my fucking car. Hey, you could have just paid me like 20 bucks to drive it cross country for you. Dude, like. The thing is, is I'm like, you know, I should have fucking driven it, but I'll be honest with you. I'm like, I don't, I just didn't, I don't want to take a fucking cross country t- trip by myself, first of all. Sure. And like between gas and hotel fees for like a, if you drive for like 12 hours a day to get from New York to like LA, like you're looking at like a, a week long, like trip, you know, cause oh, yeah. I ain't trying to drive straight through in 16 hours a day. Fuck that. Um, it would kind of cost around the same. That's probably true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. When you add up like when you add up all the stuff. So like the gas um also like 3000 miles is a lot to put on a car, but um when you add up between like the gas, the tolls, um the hotels and all the food and the drinks and all that stuff, it would maybe save me a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> but yeah, it would also definitely. save in time. But Anyway, so I was just like, fuck it. So it's being shipped um, and they picked it up the other day. And so the car should get here hopefully sometime like at the end of next week, because in Los Angeles, like even though I'm living in downtown L.A., like it's it's different. And I don't know if it's different because of like covid times, like, you know, people just aren't out everywhere or if it's different because again, I'm comparing it to New York city, but like you have to drive in Los Angeles, even if you live downtown, 
So like we can't even go like look at furniture and stuff because at this point we have to Uber everywhere. Um, for instance, we went to CB2 the other day to like look at like some furniture and stuff. And we had to take a $60 Uber there. And then we had to take a $65 Uber back. And I'm like, that's a whole fucking grocery bill right there. I'm like, that's 120 fucking dollars on a fucking Uber for literally one store trip. So in the last like week and a half that I've been here, we really have not gotten to do anything because like the car isn't here. And, you know, you can't just like hop on a bus because that shit doesn't exist out here. Um, you know, and we have these little, we have these access to like these scooters that are downtown, which is cool. You can take it to and from like the grocery store and whatnot. But like, I just feel so unsettled and I'm like, I just wish my shit would get here. And so I can fucking unpack and like actually feel like I live here because at this point I don't feel like I live here. And I'm like, this shit is like mad annoying, but, um, honestly, it's just all, it's just all a process because, Moving across country is not something that no matter what, unless you drive your shit in a U-Haul yourself, like you're going to wait up to 21 days to get your stuff. And (laughs) when I found that out, I was like, oh my God. So yeah, that's my tangent (laughs) um, about the move. Although I will say like, I love the building that I'm in. Um, it has all these amenities and I almost feel like I'm living in like a fucking resort. There's a pool and there's a sand volleyball court. There's a basketball court. There's like 10 grills. There's amenity space outdoor. There's an outdoor indoor gym. There's rooftops on like the 36th floor with fire pits. You can go up there and watch the sunset and drink wine. Like it's crazy. Not to mention my apartment is three times the size of anything I've ever lived in. Mm -hmm. So like tons of perks shoot but i just can't like i won't be able to rest until i actually feel like i fucking live here and at this point i feel like i'm like visiting a stranger's apartment also the rental furniture is ridiculously uncomfortable like ridiculously uncomfortable it's terrible at this point like we're sleeping on an air mattress and it's like wow feel like broke college students all over again Yeah, sometimes it's, sometimes you got to go back to those humble beginnings to remember how far that you've come. Beginnings? I'm almost fucking 40. I don't (laughs) want to go back to humble beginnings. Like, fuck that. It'll just make you appreciate it when all your stuff shows up even more. Oh my God. Yeah. And truthfully, like when all the shit does show up, I think I am going to probably unpack faster than any other time in my entire life. And, um... I just can't, I just can't fucking wait till that day. They told me June, between June 2nd and June 5th, it's definitely like every single day I'm like, okay, there's seven days, six days, five days. I'm over here like a fucking crazy person. So today I put up a, um, I put up a, a question sticker because this morning I was like, you know how writer's block, writers go through like writer's block shit? This morning, I was like, am I running out of bad decisions? Oh. Or am I just fucking exhausted because I've been sleeping on a fucking air mattress? (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. But I woke up and I was like, oh, God. I felt like I don't know what I'm going to talk about today. The last few weeks, I have just been so, like, fucking drained and exhausted and 
Moving will take a lot out of you. And um, it's just, it's, there's just been a lot. So I put up a question sticker this morning and I was like, what bad decisions you guys want me to talk about? And I have some good suggestions. Yeah. So we're going to get into some of these. So one of, one of them is worst dates. This is a good one. I definitely have some good, bad, some good, bad decisions. Um, Another one is bad decisions from legislators about reproductive justice um, with the laws that Texas just passed. I would love to talk about that. Um, And then another one is family toxicity, which um, one of my best friends submitted this one. He's recently had to like cut off some family members. Mm. And I think this is resonated with a lot of people. Also, this is kind of what I talked about last week um, when I was like, you know, stop keeping dead weight around. Um, I have a close friend who has had to cut off some really toxic family members and it's hard for him because it's like, this is my family, you know, should you be miserable and keep your family around just because it's your family, you can't cut them off or should Mm -hmm. you do what is better for your own mental health and, you know, set boundaries and cut them off but then be cut off from your family? Like at what point are you required or at what point, you know, should you, should you keep people in your life? And there's this whole confounding variable when it's your family, you get this whole confounding variable thrown in the mix. And it's like a lot of people just don't feel comfortable because they think, well, that's your family. But at the end of the day, like, I think that if your only connection to these people or your only contributing factor from them is the fact that you share the same DNA, you know, or like your childhood memories, like why, why keep, why keep those people around, especially if they are just making you absolutely miserable. So Mm. that has actually came up multiple times, um, throughout (laughs) every time I talk about like, Hey guys, what should we talk about? Um, so yeah, so that's kind of why I got on that kick last week. Have you ever like had to cut anybody off? No family members. Um, we've definitely had like family drama here and there, but nothing to the point of having to like cut a family member off or, or stop talking to them. Luckily, I think my family, everyone's family's crazy, but I think mine is sane and just sane enough to stick together. And so luckily that hasn't happened to us. Well, that's good. Yeah. I think everybody I know has either had to cut off a friend or a family member, but you know, it's hard when it's your family. It's hard when it's your family, you know, and you may have all these great like childhood memories, but for some reason as an adult, people turn into different people and shit gets complicated. I, yeah. And we, I do have experience with, uh, my wife's family, one of her sides of the family, uh, there, yeah, there's some bitterness in some people there. There's some grudges that are decades long and people that still won't talk to other people and we kind of just sit back and watch it and we're like, huh, Yeah. how do you live like that? Like holding a grudge for that long, cu- yeah, cutting someone out of your life for that long, holding on to unforgiveness. I, It's rough. It's rough to watch. Yeah, yeah. But also like holding on to that, that anger and that like spite and mm-hmm. um, holding on to um, just the whole, the whole thing of, I'm not going to talk to this person. Um, almost like I keep saying this, like, but just like out of spite. Right. Well, yeah. And there's, there's a difference there. 
there's a difference between doing it out of spite and out of a grudge, based off a grudge, and then doing it because that person is destructive to your life and to the family. And there, yeah, like there can be, I think there can be justifiable reasons for having to to cut someone off to stop talking to them. But also, yeah, it works both ways. And I think, I think a lot of people get caught up in, well, they just are always this way and I hate that. So I'm just going to cut them out of my life. And it's like, well, is that really a good reason to cut a family member out of your life? So I think you have, you got to take account of, of that person in your life before you draw a hard line between you and them. Yeah. Yeah. And in my friend's situation, you know, um, he's always been the one to make the effort to have grown up conversations. He's always been the one to make the effort, um, to encourage everybody, including himself to take accountability for whatever roles they played. He has always called people out for, you know, their actions. Um, he has also always been the one to, like be the only one to actually stand up and say, we need to talk about this. Can we acknowledge this and do something constructive about it so we can fucking move on? Uh But, you know, his parents don't want to acknowledge it whatsoever. And they just beat around the bush and ignore the elephant in the room. Mm -hmm. And his brother who did some really heinous shit, like stole from him, Mm -hmm. lied to him. Um, Like, and I'm not talking like you took my sneakers in high school stole. Like I'm talking like major things that affected like a business that they started together. Um, and just has had so many things that have just kind of compiled down the slippery slope over the last few years. Mm -hmm. He won't even take accountability for anything that he's done. And at some point in time, it's like, you have to sit back and just be like, well, (laughs) what's, what's the lesser of two evils? Because that's really what it is. You have to think of what is the lesser of two evils? Do I risk my own mental health, which is really suffering Mm -hmm. by keeping in communication and in contact with person A, B, C, D, just for the sake of being like, I I won't cut my family off. Or Mm -hmm. do I put my own mental health first and forward and Mm -hmm. draw a line and cut off these people who in my life are really affecting my mental health. And those people just happen to be my family. And then yes, I'm cut off and estranged from my family. And it's the lesser of two evils because both situations suck, Mm -hmm. you know, and I've always advised him to cut them off and form boundaries. And I'm like, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I feel like boundaries is what's crucial in these moments because there's something that's so harsh sounding, you know, it sounds very extreme to quote, cut someone out of your life. Um, because that makes it sound like a you issue. Like, Oh, I'm cutting this person out of my life They're I'm done with them, you know, but we can say like setting boundaries, cutting them out is based, you know, that's a much harsher way of saying it, but it, it is. And I, I mean, again, I think sometimes that can be justified, but I do agree. I think boundaries is really the important thing here. Cause I've had some friends recently who got into who I like one of our close groups of friends. There were a couple friends in it that were just always at each other's throats. And it got so bad a couple weeks ago that it just, everything came out all at once. And we all like, it was we all like had to sit Mount down. St. Helen exploded again. It was. And we were like, I thought this was taken care of. And, and it just new stuff comes out and then you got to sit down and, dig through all of it and set those boundaries because 
Oh, it, yeah. I think it's some, and sometimes it takes a couple times for that to happen. Like, yeah, sometimes you go for a while and things are good and then things get bad again and you got to work through it all, almost from the start all over again. And so just repeatedly like being consistent, setting those boundaries, obeying those boundaries, I think is important. And both sides of both parties have to, you have to somewhat meet in the middle, you know, you. You, you can't be one person's rules. How do you meet in the rules. middle with people who won't even acknowledge that there's an issue? How do you meet yeah. in the middle with people who won't even take accountability for what they contribute to the problem? Definitely. I have people in my life who have parents that are so negative and so toxic and so um, unsupportive and not present. And like when I say like negative and toxic, like. I've seen text message threads that at the end of the day, make me very thankful that I have the parents that I have. Yeah. But like they would never acknowledge um, anything on their behalf because it's just not in their character to talk about any issues. It's better in that family to sweep things under the rug and pretend they don't exist. And, you know, my friend who's the one who's like, listen, like, why are we sitting here pretending that that there's no issues and, yeah. you know, he's the only one that wants to talk about it? So how exactly do you meet somebody halfway if they haven't even acknowledged that you're both running the same fucking race? Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's definitely a different scenario. And you uh, I think that turns into more of a, a what am I going to do about this issue? Like, because then your options are keep pursuing, keep trying, like keep talking to this person, driving yourself insane, trying to make them think differently. And uh, I think that will only get you so far. So I definitely agree in those instances about setting your own boundaries and being like, hey, look, if this person reaches out about XYZ, maybe I'll give them the time of day. Maybe I'll say, I'm sorry, we can't talk about this. I, I know how it's going to go. So for both of our own sanity we're I'm not going to respond to that. And you know, I I think there's nothing wrong with that until until both people are ready to meet in the middle. Yeah. And that also might never happen. And it may not. And I'm so curious to see that about some of my in-laws extended family. I'm like, what? Everyone's getting older. Is this going to happen for the rest of their lives? What's I think going some on? people just can't swallow a fucking piece of humble pie and just be like all right, let's have the uncomfortable conversations. Yeah. Let's peop- like, yeah. all right, let me accept the fact that I'm a dick face and I hold, I've been holding this grudge against you for 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I need to grow up and, um, you know, I need to, I need to let it go and forgive. And, you know, the thing is, is forgiveness revolves, a lot of this stuff revolves around forgiveness, but a lot of it also mm-hmm. revolves around a lot of self-reflection and accountability. Totally. And, you know, with my best friend's, um, you know, situation, a lot of that is he's the one who's having to take all the weight on his shoulders because he's the only one willing. It's like being in a relationship with a significant other who is just kind of like a freeloader. Yeah. Just yeah, absolutely. doesn't contribute anything to the relationship, doesn't do the dishes, doesn't take the fucking trash out, doesn't pay half on any of the fucking bills, won't even cook dinner, won't even help you, you know, unpack when you move in. <laughs> and that was a shitty dig. 
<laughs> um, just like doesn't won't even contribute anything. Yeah. And and so it puts a lot of weight on the other person's shoulders because they want to keep this situation going. They want to keep this relationship going. Oh, yeah. But like, again, like when you throw in there that this person is your family member, it really construes people's abilities to do what they could probably do a lot easier if it was just a friend. Because we always tend to think, you know, that's family. We have to go through and stick through everything together for life because that's family. When what really defines family? Part of that, yes, like your genetics, your 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 DNA, stuff like that, you know, you're raised together. But the other stuff that defines family is is, you know, those people who support you and contribute mm-hmm. to your life and, you know, um, like your circle of people. Totally. And I think a lot of this too depends on what you're hitting on the type of relationship that it is, because if it is a romantic relationship, you can say goodbye to that person ultimately at the end of the day without, you know, it may hurt, but without hesitation, you can be like, Hey, you aren't meeting me halfway in this relationship. It's not going to work out. See ya. But a family relationship, you can't get rid of family. You can stop talking to them, but you can't, they'll never stop being your actual family. Yeah. And they'll that, never I think stop that's being where... your actual family member, but uh-huh. you technically can like say like, I'm not going to talk to you anymore. You know, you can, you can right. unfollow them on social media. You can, um, you know, choose to not answer their calls. You can, um, you know, mm-hmm. never speak to them again. If you make that, you know, concerted effort, yeah, they're always going to be your technical family member. But I think that if you take the actual word family out of the situation, a lot of people would be a lot better about sending the boundaries that they need to when it comes to toxic people in their life. Sure. Because toxic people in your life can come in the form of family. It can come in the form of friends. It can come in the form of bosses, colleagues. Like there's a million different classifications and people just have such a hard time when that toxic person is their family member. And Again, like I'm trying to encourage my friend to set the boundaries and to not feel mm-hmm. bad about setting them because yeah. I don't think that anybody should sacrifice their own mental health just to say, I'm keeping someone around in my life. At the end of the day, like what exactly is that person contributing other than a bunch of fucking stress? Definitely. And I mean, stupidity is trying the same thing over and over and getting the same result and trying yeah. it again. And, and, you know? and again, that's a perfect example because every single time he tries to have a grown up, mature, accountable conversation with them, anyone in his family, it proves completely like futile. Like you just, nothing happens. It's like him talking to a wall. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, I think it's a shame because, you know, they didn't all grow up like that. You know, they didn't all, you know, raise themselves like that. And even just a few years Mm. ago, you know, things were much different. But I think that this is such a hard decision for people to make because especially in our society, you know, we put so much emphasis on family over everything. But what do you do when your family is the Mm. most toxic people in your life? Yeah. I think there's nothing wrong with moving on and setting boundaries. I, I really do. And there is a different sense of obligation. Holding the fucking grudges. Yeah, that's what you. That's where you have to be careful because you can set boundaries and you can stop talking to people. But if you start to hold on to that grudge, 
it's going to decompose your own life. That grudge, like that, if you walk away from it in spite and with a grudge, it will ultimately destroy you too. So I think that is where you have to be careful because you can walk away with maturity and by Mm -hmm. setting boundaries. And that'll be healthy for both parties. But if you choose to take that bitterness and that grudge and and spitefulness into your life and walk away, then it's going to be rough. Yeah, yeah, it is. I'm a firm believer that there's an appropriate amount of time to hold a grudge. There's an appropriate amount of time to be salty. And there's an appropriate amount of time to like hold something against somebody. And I think that we can't expect people to just never do that because it's not a normal human emotion to just not be affected and hold something against somebody. It's a normal human emotion to, you know, be hurt. And part of being hurt is I'm holding this against this person because this person hurt me or something that they indirectly did hurt me or whatever. But the whole process of holding grudges when people are holding them for years and years and years, and they're alienating people in their life because of something that if they were to just, you know, sit back and, maybe be a little more open-minded, you know, to forgiving somebody or even just forgetting about something, just letting something go. You know, sometimes it's, you know, I'm not going to forgive this person, but I'm just going to let this go. I'm going to stop giving it as much attention and letting it have so much value, you know, in my life. I mean, there are people who go on years and years and they hold things against people for years and years. In fact, my last relationship, my ex held some things against his exes from years prior that he would still talk about. Mm. And I remember like the first time I heard him talk about this, I'm like, you know, I'll admit, like, I know what that feels like because I still hold things against, you know, my exes who abused me. Um, but I have moved on from that and I have, I don't hold that grudge anymore, you know? Um, But sometimes the way that like he would talk about things, it would be like, man, like you're, you're still salty. You're still holding that grudge against them. Like you haven't forgiven them. You haven't let it go. And there's an appropriate amount of time after somebody is hurt to hold on to a grudge and be salty and be in pain. But after some point in time, like you have to just be, you have to let it go. You have to forgive or you have to just let it go. You know, so when I see people holding grudges against other people, whether it's their family or their friends, I first try and look at like, what happened? What's like, what is the grudge for? And, you know, sometimes people have legitimate reasons to be holding a grudge against another person and that's fine. But do you want to just go on your whole life, um, you know, holding that against that person or remembering that? situation like at some point in time just fucking let it go you know and if that's the only thing that's preventing you you know from being able to move on and have some peace of mind then that's a lot more self-reflection that you as an individual need to do you know but there are so many people out there who just (laughs) who will hold on to shit for years And um, again, like, you know, not trying to keep referencing the situation, but my ex held something. I remember, you know, something that he held against me and he would bring it up. If we would have an argument or something, he would bring it up two years later. And I just used to be like, you've never forgiven me for that. 
or you're never going to forget it. And he used to be Mm. like, I've forgiven you for that, but I will never forget it. And I'm like, well, what's the purpose of forgiving me? You then you really, then have you forgiven me? Have you let it go? No, you haven't. And he's like, it's really hard for me to let things go. (laughs) Yeah. And that's like, that goes all the way back to this whole like conversation. So, you know, I think it's, I think it's like, what do you do in that circumstance? It's very important to remember that unforgiveness is a cancer. And it, in the end, only affects you. Because grudges and spite against someone no matter what they did, ultimately affect you because you wake up every single day and you think about it and it affects everything that you do and it and it affects your relationships and you it affects how you treat that person and other people because then you start to think, oh, well, this other person might treat me like that person did, so I'm not gonna give I'm not gonna give them the time of day. And then you just start ruining your own relationships and it like it bleeds into every area of your life. And that's what that's what gets really destructive. And you have to be careful about that. And I think and you start having major trust issues. Oh, yeah. Uh huh. The other thing is, is like when you hold those grudges and when you when you don't let things go when you just keep them in and you reference them and you bring them up years and years and years later down the line that at some point in time, it's going to, I mean, it's going to take a toll on, on you obviously, but you're right. It also is going to take a big toll on the people around you because they're going to, they're going to, I don't want to say like, they're going to suffer the consequences they're going to, but like, it's going to affect your you're right. It's going to yeah. bleed out and yeah. it's going to affect other people who you have in your life, no matter like what the relationship Absolutely. is, because you're going to have this like naturally untrusting spirit uh-huh. because, you know, you're going to remember that one thing that, you know, so-and-so did to you or said to you or, um, you know, that one thing that they really fucked up years and years ago and you're going to remind them. Every time you argue or you're going to throw it in their face every Thanksgiving or, you know, you're going to mistreat them because of that. And and that's the thing. I see some people like with their family members, like they will literally bring up. Oh, my God. What was it? This was like a couple years ago. I have a friend who has like a sister and they like are basically like not on speaking terms, but family gets together every holiday And, you know, that's always a very eventful Thanksgiving dinner. Yeah. And I think it was in like 2017 or 2018. But like they're still bringing up things that they were fighting about like years prior. And the one sister just never lets anything go. She just almost like ruminates on these things and Mm -hmm. just never gets over things, never lets them go, never truly just forgives and forgets. And the other sister is very quick to just be like, listen, I'm sorry. You know, I apologize and move on and pretend like it never happened, which really pisses off the other sister because she's like, how are you just moving on so fast? And Uh how are you just, you're just pretending like this didn't exist. You're pretending like this didn't affect me. And the one sister is like, no, actually I'm just like sick of like, I'm just sick of fucking arguing with you. And like, damn, totally. can't you be a grown up and be like, listen, I'm sorry. I accept your fucking apology. People fuck up. People make bad decisions. Um, sorry, I was an asshole that night. I apologize and fucking get over it. But no, here we are two years later 
and, you know, pass the fucking gravy and you're still a bitch because I hate you from what you did two years ago. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's like, rough. What the fuck? It's, it's brutal. It's brutal. And that sister, the one who's unforgiving, is only hurting herself and the rest of the family. But ultimately herself by being that way. And it, oh, it's just, it, you just watch too over the years, that person just becomes even more bitter towards other people, towards their family, towards everyone. And that, it just like, it grows like a cancer in your, inside of you. And you just, you just become a bitter person. And it's sad to watch. Yeah. Yeah, man. And I just, I don't get it. Like, I think, I think that it takes a lot, like, it takes a lot of things to keep a relationship going, whether it's your family relationship, whether it's your friend relationship. And one of those things is like a consistent effort on both parties involved, your family, your friends, whatever, Mm -hmm. you know, um, that effort has to be there, but also like on the other side of things, the ability to just keep things moving has to also be there. And you can't keep things moving if somebody is still literally living out of a situation that happened years prior. And like I told my friend, I was like, you're the only one making effort in this relationship. You're the only one who is trying to keep things moving. Granted, keeping things moving involves some very uncomfortable conversations and it involves some pretty heavy stuff. You're the only one willing to have that conversation and push that dialogue And at the end of the day, you're in a relationship with yourself because your family is not taking accountability. They're not wanting to have the conversations. They're not wanting to do any self-reflection. And in a year or two from now, they're going to be in the same place. And in a year or two from now, you're going to be healing and growing. And you're Uh going to be the one who notices that, you know, you have moved on in a forward motion and they're still in the same place because they refuse to take any accountability and they refuse to take any action on their behalf. And, you know, that's, that's a tricky thing. A lot of people just don't listen. Like, I don't like taking accountability for shit, but I have to like, (laughs) (laughs) does anybody really like taking accountability for the dumb shit that they do for the shit they fuck up for the stupid shit that they do for the ignorant stuff that they do? Of course not. Because yeah, that interferes with, our pride, you know? Oh, yeah. It's like, how can I be proud of who I am if I have to acknowledge all these stupid things I did? Yeah. And, and yeah. it's like, no, you become a better person. You can be more proud after you acknowledge the stupid things you did and and how you've come out of them. Yes, because part of part of being like a, a good human or part of, I guess, being like, part of being somebody who can like look look back on a journey and feel proud is like, look at all the stuff that I have grown through look at all the stuff that I have like learned from and look at all the shit that I've done that I've dug myself out of and I have kept on moving. Yeah. But people are just too concerned. I guess that's another thing, pride. People Definitely. are way too proud to admit oh, yeah. where they've gone wrong or way too proud to take any accountability or way too proud to be like, oh yeah, I've made no effort in this situation. <laughs> oh yeah, pride kills, man. It. That's yeah. I think pride and comfort are the two things in this in this concept that make it so hard for people in relationships because you want to be comfortable, you don't want to have uncomfortable conversations or situations, and you there is a level of pride whether you realize that or not and you don't want to embarrass yourself. And those two things keep a lot of relationships from healing. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yep. And man, listen, I could name on two hands the relationships that I know that have suffered um, because of those two things right there. So to wrap up this episode on um, toxic people in your life, because God knows here on the Bad Decisions Podcast, we love talking about toxic work environments. We love talking about toxic bosses, toxic jobs, toxic boyfriends, but we haven't really touched on toxic family members, you know, before. So I think at the end of the day, if you find yourself in this situation, there's two things that you could do, you know, to go about approaching it. You first can do an inventory in your life of who are the people in your life that are toxic to you? Are any of those people your family members? Um, and secondly, have you made like a concerted effort to do anything on, to do everything that you could on your end to try to resolve this? Um, is there something that needs to be forgiven? Is there something that needs to be let go? Or if not, you know, if there's not a matter of, you know, like forgiveness or something to let go of, to move forward, then what boundaries do you need to set? And I hope that if you guys are in any of these situations that you realize that people go through this every day, boundaries have to be set. And I know using the word like cutting off is very abrasive, but cutting off is really just a more extreme version of a boundary. And sometimes you do need to set those really strong boundaries in your life to preserve your own mental health. Because I think at the end of the day, your own mental health is what needs to come first because you're the only people, you're the only person that has to live your life. Your family members, your friends, they're not in your shoes. They're not living your life. You have to lay down at the end of every day. And when you put your head on that fucking pillow, if you are not having your own peace of mind, then what else really matters? So whether you need to do some forgiveness, whether somebody else needs to do some forgiveness or whether you or someone else needs to do a little letting go of shit or it's time to set some boundaries. And there's a lot of information out there, especially on um, psychtoday.com. There's also a couple Instagram pages that I follow. One of them is Mindful MFT, M-I-N-D-F-U-L-M-F-T. It is by a woman named Vienna Ferron. She's a licensed marriage and family therapist in New York City. And she, funny thing, two hours ago, she posted this. We don't talk enough about the pain and loss that can stem from setting boundaries with people we care about, from finally saying no. What's good for your mental health may not always feel good at first. Be gentle with yourself as you cope with change in your relationships. Shoot. That was meant for this episode. The fuck? <laughs> yeah. Um, I've been following her page for a long time. Um, in fact, a lot of stuff on her page kind of helped me through like my like breakup in 2020. And so I think that it's good to, you know, follow some pages of people who can kind of just give you a little support or a little information or some resources, but also throwing in the matter of forgiveness and letting things go and then setting boundaries when boundaries need to be set. And on that note, I bid you all adieu. And I'm going to go back upstairs to my uncomfortable ass fucking couch <laughs> in this empty ass apartment and um, sit here and like stare out the window like a kid waiting on a UPS delivery truck. Because we all know that the more you stare out the window, it's like never going to get here. So Right. That actually slows it down. It actually slows it down. Like, <laughs> why is that? 
Like, are we there yet? Please. God. Um, anyway, but thanks everyone for tuning in. If you do like this podcast or, you know, well, I mean, listen, if you hate it, you wouldn't have listened this far in the fucking episode. So if you like what you hear, um, thank you for your support. Feel free to drop a review or leave a rating in the Apple store. Um, those things help to get the podcast out to other people so they can also learn about talking about their bad decisions. And, um, maybe one day this thing will actually make us all a little money. Hey. Hey. Shit. <laughs>